0: Welcome to another episode of the V Auto Podcast Retail Revival Series. I'm Randy Kobat with Cox Automotive and I'll be your host for today's podcast. At the Kelly Auto Group in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the COVID-19 pandemic posed the same problem as it did for other dealers in mid-March. Business dropped off dramatically as stay-at-home orders were put in place, but Trent Waybright, the Vice President of Pre-Owned Operations for Kelly, says the group's leadership took a proactive position to keep their business going as best it could
1: so our approach was never to shut things down it was to find opportunity in the current situation and you know take good care of our customers
0: the group's focus on keeping their business moving forward in used vehicles benefited from the way the group operated prior to the pandemic Trent and his team have always worked hard to price their vehicles to continually move metal and turn their inventory. This emphasis on operational efficiency has helped them restore retail volume to a level that may seem surprising given the circumstances.
1: We're working deals on the phones and through internet, obviously. And this month, as we get back into May, we're tracking for about a 71% increase in volume month over month from April to May. My conversation
0: with Trent covers a lot of ground. From how sales associates feel about working from home and selling by appointments, to the ways he's working with GM Financial to purchase off-lease inventory on more cost-favorable terms, and his plans for restocking his inventory in a market-measured way. For Trent and the Kelly team, the current crisis has provided some valuable learning lessons that will shape the way they do business in the future
1: there's so much that you can learn from situations like that about yourself about the company about the employees of the company and where you're going and we are thrilled and excited about where we're going
0: thank you for joining this podcast let's go to my conversation with trent trent waybright from kelly auto group welcome to our podcast
1: thank you randy i appreciate it very much
0: absolutely You know, I think one of the things that has been really interesting as we've been going through these different podcasts is that for a lot of dealers, the second week of March really marked a time when business essentially stopped. When did the pandemic begin to affect your store and what were some of the signs that you saw that suggested the market was slowing down?
1: I typically agree with what you said. February for us was a halfway decent month. We were all excited in anticipation for the spring market. Obviously, we had bulked up an inventory. We were ready to go and then come March. And so for us, we were down roughly in March 30% in retail volume, of which you know most of that came the second half of the month. So yes, we started to see an impact about week two into week three. And obviously, by week four, we were in the same boat as everybody else.
0: And once you noticed the market was changing, what was your plan of attack? What was the first order of business in used cars specifically?
1: Well, I think for our company, we have an executive team. So as this started to occur and things started to happen, we decided to take a step back, sit down as a group, meet every single morning at 9.30 a.m. And, you know, we just talk through things, trying to come up with a game plan. And obviously that was difficult for us. Our number one approach at that point was people, our people and the communication of the message to our people. We employ just under 500 people here, and obviously this was going to have a major impact upon things for us too. So that was our first order of business: was to figure out what to say to our people and to take care of them, make sure they were safe, make sure they were comfortable, and then kind of take it day by day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was all of us as we, you know, first reacted: is how do we keep our employees safe following shelter-in-place orders, making sure that you know everybody is, to your point, safe and secure. And then we quickly began to focus in, okay, now what do we do about the business? So from your perspective on the business side, did you look at trying to quickly reduce inventory, cut price? What kind of actions did you take there?
1: As you know, historically, we've always been very aggressive. We feel that turning the inventory, a combination of turn and obviously profit time drive our business. And we like to turn the inventory. So we actually, throughout this process, have continued to price cars aggressively. In our opinion, we felt like we wanted to turn the inventory. We did not want to allow it to age on us as much as feasible. With the understanding that in our situation, we have an acquisition team, You know, we can replenish that inventory. I'd rather keep the ball rolling, keep everybody busy that we could here in the company, You know, keep feeding service, keep fitting parts, and get the inventory through. So we continue to price aggressively to move the inventory and keep things clean.
0: Yeah, that's a unique thing that I definitely want to get into is how you've done a really great job on the centralized buying approach. So we'll dig into that in a little bit.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Over the past few weeks, when you've been focused on, you know, trying to sell cars and with aggressive pricing, have you done anything different to support the safe and socially distant approach that it's kind of required right now?
1: Tons. In Indiana, I think we were very accustomed to the governor getting in front of everybody on a daily basis. As you know, Indiana, we started to open things up maybe a bit quicker than the states around us. So I kind of feel like we've been a bit of a test bed here. We're going to be over the next several weeks, but we have followed the guidelines to a T. Sales consultants, we've been working at a less than 50% staff, a skeleton crew, they call it, obviously for quite some time, for roughly a month now. The sales guys have thrived in that situation, actually. So it's been very interesting in that perspective. But in the showrooms, we are required to be at 50% staff or less at this time. So we have taken all kinds of steps to ensure that You know, we're prepared when a customer comes in or for an employee that, uh, you know, we want them to feel comfortable and, you know, never have any issues. We certainly have plexiglass up on all of the sales desks in the F&I offices. The sales consultants, what's interesting is throughout this process, those guys have thrived at home. And even to this day, we're still working by appointment only. It's been unbelievable how well they've done with it and how well they've adapted. That has been great to see.
0: So customers can come into the showroom. What you're finding, though, is today it's more by appointment only, or is that a policy that you've put in place?
1: It was a policy at first. Obviously, we can have a few more in there right now, but we found that a good number of them really have taken to and enjoy working from home and only coming in by appointment. So that may not go on forever, but for now, I feel like a good portion of the employees are still hesitant maybe to come back to the dealership, rightfully so. So we're trying to adapt to that. And up to this point, it's been very successful. So we have our managers in the showrooms at all times. We're working deals on the phones and through internet, obviously. And so this month, as we get back into May, we're tracking for about a 71% increase in volume month over month from April to May.
0: 71% increase in volume.
1: Increase in volume in used cars.
0: And that's from April to May. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. And how does that compare to, say, last year, May?
1: Last year, we're actually tracking to be about 10% over last year in May as well.
0: 10% over last year. That's great. And why do you think that is? You listen to the news. There's, you know, certainly unemployment is just amazingly high. You know, we haven't seen these numbers since the Great Depression. What do you hear from people coming in buying cars that is driving the success that you're having?
1: I feel that our customers enjoy our approach, that we are adapting to their needs. I feel we've, over this process, have learned a ton about our customers, and I think that they have as well, and they're, they're adapting, you know, we're adapting to what they need. They are very, very appreciative of how this is going, of the approach of selling them a car, and we're also finding that they want to be out. Customers here in Indiana, in northern Indiana, want to be out. They're getting out and about, and, you know, they're ready to spend some money and buy a car, and we want to be there for them to do that, certainly. You know, our approach was never to shut things down. It was to find opportunity in the current situation and, you know, take good care of our customers.
0: That's great to hear. As I mentioned, you were one of the first dealers who set up a centralized buying group. Like you mentioned, you have a team of buyers. Given what's happened in the wholesale and retail markets, how is that working today? And how might it work differently in the future?
1: For us, you know, I feel like we've always been a bit ahead of the curb. We stopped attending physical sales roughly five years ago. We do simulcast and we buy the good majority of our inventory online. So I feel that that early adaption, you know, four or five years ago really helped us in this situation because on a daily basis, our team is sifting through the sand, just as we always have to find inventory that, you know, the right inventory at the right cost at the right time for the stores. And that's what we continue to do. We have not changed in that regard. Every single day we come in, we sit down, meet collectively, talk about today's game plan. Currently, we are short of inventory. So we're in full force, you know, acquisition mode right now for the stores. And one thing that I've always enjoyed about our company is we're always in that situation. We keep it clean. We have very, very minimal agent issues. And we turn the inventory and that has been beneficial for us.
0: We've heard, you know, from some of the other people that have been on our podcast, they're thinking around selling three and buying one, selling two, buying one now, maybe in May. Has there been any sort of thinking like that with your team? You said you're short of inventory now. Is your stocking strategy different today than it was maybe, you know, in March?
1: Yes, I completely agree with what you said. When this all took place, we, like everybody else, had to kind of take a deep breath, sit back and evaluate things inventory, it would be easy for inventory to start to age on you, you know, to offset that. It'd also be easy to get yourself out of whack in comparison to the retail market. So there's a great benefit in meeting and discussing it every single day. And it's really easy for us with having an acquisition team to turn it on or turn it off. And it's not like we only go to the auctions once a week. We're there, you know, we're online five, six days a week. So, you know, we can certainly turn it on whenever we want to. One thing to keep in mind throughout this process, a high percentage of our inventory comes from GM Financial. We are heavily domestic, heavily GM-franchised dealerships and inventory. We have a GM plant in town, truck plant. So, you know, you've got to really pay close attention to the programs that the auctions are running as well. GM Financial right now, specifically, has a zero-buy fee online and also, cars arrive is the transporter that they utilize on their website. If you use them, they'll give you 250 reimbursement for transport also. So you just have to continue.
0: So for those off-lease cars that you're grounding at your store, there's no buy fees?
1: Yes. You know, this is an unprecedented situation. So you got to have the attitude and the opinion that everything's worth talking about. And we've had decent success at working with GM Financial on some of the cars that had sat around here throughout this process. So you have opportunities there to get inventory at the right cost, but you just have to sort of think about it differently and outside the box to make it happen.
0: One of the potential key takeaways from this discussion, Trent, for those listening is work with your OEMs. GM's been supportive of you and your dealership in really grounding those cars and getting those off-lease cars into your inventory. Yes, they have. You know, you mentioned you've been a big proponent of online auctions and simulcast buying for a while. And, you know, the market, the way it is right now, our auctions and Odessa, cetera, they're operating almost exclusively right now in a simulcast fashion. Have you seen any changes in the online experience from your buying group now that there's potentially more people than ever in an online auction experience?
1: The only thing I'd say is it feels like there's still hesitation as to what the market's going to do. I feel like some of these guys, some of the sellers are still asking a lot of money for the cars. I'd be interested to know what the sale rates are of the auctions up to this point. But I know for us, you know, our experience has always been the same. The only difference is you don't see the cars driving through the lanes. And I do feel that there's more attendance online, obviously, because that's all we can do. So it is amazing that they're still providing the inventory, that we have the ability to get it, that the systems all work you know, very seamlessly and post-sale stuff is all seamless as well. So we've had great experiences in the last month with buying cars via simulcast, no issues whatsoever.
0: And just to kind of dig in a little bit further there, the traditional ways of getting good quality used cars, the trade-in process, auction purchases, and you're sitting here today really needing to bulk up a little bit on used cars. Are you employing any other strategies to find good quality used cars today in this market?
1: We've really invested a lot of time and effort into our Sell to Kelly program, which in essence is buying cars from customers. In the last couple of months specifically, we've really gone out to make sure that our customers in the Fort Wayne area are aware that we acquire inventory. And we've had great success at doing that. All of a sudden you had a a situation where people, you know, maybe more so than ever needed to generate cash and dump cars that they didn't need, let's say. So we wanted to fill that gap for them and make sure that they were aware that we would buy them from them.
0: I think more and more dealers are seeing that as a great way to get good quality used cars.
1: The other thing too is, you know, this is just normal day-to-day life. We wanted to ensure that we we didn't miss a deal. If somebody in the last month and a half or two had an interest in buying a car, we took the stance, we're gonna make that happen, more so than ever. If they were willing to spend money during this time frame and come out of the house, you know, or do it online, whatever the case may be, <laughs> we wanted to be that organization that would take care of them.
0: Via auto parlance, we call that look to book, right? So how many cars do you look at and appraise versus how many you actually take in on your books? Have you seen that ratio increase?
1: Uh, slightly. Like, yeah. And it's, it's really, really gone up here this month so far, but from March to April, it was just slightly, it was a little bit different than what I would expect. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's because we were trying to farm so many deals on, you know, online and just, you know, building appraisals in there over and over again.
0: One of the things that's been kind of fascinating as we've managed through this 45 day period and we look out into the next 45 days and you're a real student of the market. So I'd love to get your viewpoint. The biggest question is what's a car worth? our vehicles priced in this retail market. You know, and what we've seen and what Dale has talked about is that dealers aren't reducing retail prices very much. I'm curious what you're seeing in terms of movement in retail prices and how you've kind of responded. I know you said earlier you're aggressive and you stayed aggressive, but have you seen it change much from where you were?
1: Well, our cost of market has risen in the last 2 months roughly 4%. So, obviously to me that means that in our market at least dealers in this market are pricing aggressively with the attitude that we're going to try to turn the inventory and we have some aggressive dealers in our market we don't want to lose market share obviously to them so we wanted to do the same we wanted to turn the inventory I feel like we've made great progress that we're moving in the the right direction regarding appraisals and what we're paying for inventory what we're pricing them at I think that ties a lot into profit time into the scores of the inventory so In our situation, we carry a high, high percentage of bronze inventory, and I feel that for us, over the last six months specifically, we have really engaged and started to learn the stark reality of the bronze inventory. And so what's interesting is from the beginning of March to now, as a company, we're down roughly a hundred bronze units because we turned them and now we can continue to replenish them, obviously. Keep the ball rolling.
0: Absolutely. You know, you mentioned with, you know, smaller team in the store, you know, you're still servicing vehicles and you certainly want to make sure that you're taking care of those customers that come in, especially the customer pay ROs. So how are you making sure your vehicles are getting reconditioned promptly in service?
1: I am extremely fortunate in our situation because we have a recon center. So here in the auto mall, roughly 450 units per month cycle through our reconditioning center. We're blessed to have our own techs, to have our own detail department here, to have our own photographers. That has obviously not been an issue whatsoever to get cars through. We're actually, at this moment, we're just a shade over four days in the entire recon timeframe. This has really provided a way for us to become more efficient to kind of rethink processes. We've had time to think about things, put some different plans in place and really streamline everything for us. So we're doing great at it.
0: That's another very forward-thinking strategy that, you know, a lot of dealers are thinking about now is how do I get my cars frontline ready faster? This approach is an option that dealers should consider. Four days is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's roughly two to three days better than we had been historically. The awesome thing is Now that we are ramping the inventory, you know, up, continuing to build it, we're keeping that timeframe right there where it's at.
0: So my next question, Trent, is a little bit of shop talk. (laughs) You know, you've been involved in helping us develop an indicator that will help dealers understand recent retail sales volumes and how it might affect the market day supply of used vehicles. And we're going to be rolling that out to all of our Viato clients here very shortly in the month of May. So based on your involvement in this effort, what value will this indicator bring in the months ahead?
1: I feel that this is just the tipping point. You know, a conversation that I've had with Dale over the years and others, obviously at Viato, was the appraisal tool. While profound and amazing and helpful in what we do on a daily basis, it sort of can lead you to the past, let's say, to what's been going on in the market. And so with this new indicator that you guys are implementing into the tool, It allows us to have a forward-looking metric, you know, not where we've been, but where are we going? And I think that is amazing. It was implemented in our stores roughly a week ago, and our guys are using it on a daily basis throughout the day. It really helps us understand, you know, where a car has been 45 days ago versus more recently, the last 10 days. Sales have started to climb substantially on this particular car. And how do you take that information and, and make the best decision on, what you've got to do with the appraisal. Could I put a bit more in this car because all of a sudden the volume's picked up versus a car that the day supply is going the other way. And so I appreciate the forward-thinking approach, the technical side of it. And I think that, you know, hopefully the development team can take the ball and run here and make it even better for us throughout the tool.
0: Absolutely. We appreciate your guidance and help as we've been thinking through that as one of the most analytical thinking dealers that we know. We really appreciate your help and things like that. Yes, sir. As a closing question, I'd like to get your sense of what you might view as maybe a silver lining in this whole situation and how you think it might permanently change the way you're doing business in the future. What are some of your thoughts there?
1: Well, you know what's interesting about this sort of situation? I've worked for Tom Kelly for roughly 22 years and You know, certainly went through the economy crisis and all that we went through at that point and now through a pandemic. And, you know, there's so much that you can learn from situations like that about yourself, about the company, about the employees of the company and where you're going. We are thrilled and and excited about where we're going. Here in Fort Wayne, we're building all brand new dealerships. We have amazing employees that continue to thrive and continue to work for us. I feel like we're going to be stronger. You know, situations like this allow you to get stronger, to be more efficient, to provide a safer environment. I think also it, it really has provided a platform for us to be more understanding of our customers' needs. It enables us to think differently, to open up and listen to, you know, a variation of our business and where we need to go from here. With customer input, you know, with manufacturer input, it's just been amazing. So, you know, we feel stronger. We feel like we're heading in the right direction. We hope our customers obviously see that too.
0: I continue to be amazed at the resilience of our industry. I've been involved in this industry now for 21 years, and through the ups and the downs, our industry has really remained extremely resilient. And and to your point now, the recession, great recession, and now a pandemic, I think we can withstand so much, and it's great to see. Yes, sir. Trent Waybright, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Have a great day. See you, Randy. And my thanks to all of you for listening to today's Dealer Voices conversation. Please share this podcast with any of your friends that you think could benefit from hearing these insights. Stay tuned for our next podcast episode and thank you for joining us today. We'll see you very soon.